you. We're going to read some scripture, and then we're going to just briefly look at a, at a present, at a gift, and what God has given us, each one of us. And I, I promise not to hold you too long today um, so we can get to, back to our families, but I just appreciate y'all coming out. And I, I'm just excited to be able to spend a little bit of, of this Christmas day with you guys, with our church family as well. Um, we've had, I think we all have had the stomach bug since last week. Uh, Paisley just finished her bout with it yesterday, and Abby had it Friday or Saturday. Abby had it Saturday, Mommy had it Friday, and then Clayton had it last week, and I think I had a touch of it right after that. So we've managed to uh, fight that one off, and I'm just glad we can get out and be with everybody. We've had to move Christmases around. We're supposed to have Christmas at Mom and Dad's this morning. We had to move it yesterday uh, morning. We're supposed to have Christmas last night at my grandma's. Now it's tomorrow night. And then Maria's mom and sister have the stomach bug, so it looks like it may be next weekend before we get to have Christmas there. So that's a it's it's a lot. There's a lot going on between the bug, stomach bug, and the flu. So if I don't shake and howdy with too many Alvins, it's because I don't want you sick. I want you to go ahead and stand with me as we read this. Luke two eight. Luke two eight. The Bible says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and lo the angel of the lord came upon them and the glory of the lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid and the angel said unto them fear not for behold i bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior which is christ the lord let's pray lord god we thank you we thank you for that Savior. We thank you for that Christ child that was born over 2,000 years ago. Lord, as the most perfect gift we could ever receive. Lord, we thank you for the blemishless lamb that you have provided for us. Lord, we thank you for giving us your only begotten son to die on that old rugged cross for us. Lord, for the persecution, the ridicule, all that he had to go through just for us. Lord, it's hard to thank you for that, but Lord, we do. And I pray, God, that today is... Uh, we set a day aside to celebrate the birth of your son, that we do just that. We celebrate, we honor, Lord, today we worship. And I pray, God, that we would worship you wholly. And, Lord, I pray that each one of us would come in here, Lord, with a grateful heart for the things that you have uh, provided each one of us, for the blessings of this Christmas season, for the blessings that you've given us as brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, for the blessings that you have bestowed upon us because of your love. And I pray, God, that today we honor you, today we're going to praise you, and today we're going to thank you. I'll listen to your son's name, we pray. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. Anybody doing any, any shopping in the past month or so? Anybody shop? I didn't. I, I had to go Friday. Maria got really sick Friday. And she, of course, it's not last-minute shopping for her because she, she'll wait till the 26th to mail a Christmas card out. But she'll... <laughs> She had got sick and was not able to go out and finish up a little bit of Christmas shopping. So I went in the cold and the snow and the ice and the wind. Messed my hair up. It's terrible. I, it, it, was, it was rough. Yeah. I, I didn't even try to wear a hat. It blow it off. But everybody's just scurrying around. I went to Tractor Supply, and they, because of the weather, Tractor Supply had closed. They'd already shut the door, and I, I walked up to the door, and as a girl had just closed it. And she pu pulled it open a little bit, and she said, what are you here for? Are you, are, you, are you coming to pick up an order? And I said, no, ma'am. I said, I just need a gift card. That's all I need. And she said, oh, they're at the front counter. Go ahead and grab one. I said, all right. So she let me in. 
And as it's coming out, there's a line of people coming in. And they're all like, man, we've missed this. We've got to get this. We're, you know, last-minute shopping. It got really crazy. And, and if you notice, people, they wasn't just buying a thing here or a thing there. Most times, especially like on Black Friday, the people are buying a lot of things. They're buying lots of presents, multiple presents, because they want to give those presents out. That's what we do at Christmas. We, we tend to buy a lot and give a lot out. And the reason we see so many people buying so many things is because they want to give it away. They want to give away a gift. They want to give away <coughs> a present. They want to give something to someone else as, as just being nice to somebody. Right around Thanksgiving, of course, we see the stores, and they have all these specials, and they have all these sales, and, you know, we, we watch Amazon Prime and, and, and make sure that we get the best deals there, or, or eBay. Some people still do eBay. I didn't even know it still existed, but Maria does eBay. And we watch for these deals. That's what we want. We want to make sure we get the best thing for the best price. That's what we do. Why are so many folks concerned about finding the right gift, though? Now, and that, that's the hardest thing for, for the kids I hate to say it doesn't matter, but they're happy with about anything that we want to give them. You know, they tell us what they want or need, and we try to provide that for them. But for your spouse, that's another story. When you try to buy for someone that's that special to you, they're hard to buy for. I tell you, and she'll say the same thing about me, we're hard to buy for. I don't want anything, don't need anything. I'm happy with what I got. And she feels the same way. But it makes it really hard for us to buy for each other. There are certain things that a gift can show, though, not just for your spouse, but for others, for family members, for, for co-workers, um, for friends. That's one of the things that we want to do is we want to show them that we care for them, that we appreciate them, that we love them. So gifts that we provide back to somebody else shows something. It can show, it can represent something. It can represent uh, a person's, uh, what we would call their social or economic status. It will show that they have money. So if I was to roll in here, and if I was to pitch the keys to a nice Ford truck over to Preacher Bill, he'd think I had money. Merry Christmas, Preacher Bill. Here, here's your, yeah, that, that's what he would think. I've got money. And people will do that. They will give out things that are expensive to show their status to, to the person they're giving them to. If I, if I was to walk up to Conley right now and say, Conley, there's keys to a brand new house. That's actually to my new office, but you can't have that. There's the key to a brand new house. That would tell you guys, I got money, and I don't mind to show it. Now, there are people that will do things like that, will give you a house, but nobody ever know who done it. They'll pay off your mortgage or they'll do things like that. They're not doing it to flaunt their status. They're doing it because God told them to. They're doing it because God has asked them to help someone out that is in need. But a lot of times at Christmas, people will do that to show their status. If a gift is given to someone and, and it's a religious gift, if I was I, yesterday at my mom or at, at my sister's, actually, um, I was watching my brother-in-law. And, and I want to mention this before we go any further because we talk about God's blessings and all. My brother-in-law is a lineman for Blue Ridge Electric. And uh, Friday night, he was out like everybody else, Blue Ridge Electric and Mountain Electric, uh, he was out down at Hound Deers as he's walking down a knoll, uh, a power line, power pole snapped behind him and threw it, the power line to the ground, and it hit him across the back of the head and the back and threw him to the ground. And they thought he broke his wrist and his, his uh, arm, but he's actually just sprained right now. But talk about the Lord providing and protecting him Friday. It, it should have killed him. It really should have killed him. So he's all stove up, 
yesterday, and he's sitting there, and I was kind of sitting behind him, and, and I was looking at some of the gifts that he had received, and one of the things that he got, that he, it stayed right by his side from the time he opened it until he, until we left, and that was a Bible. My parents got him a Bible for Christmas, and so when someone gives you something like that, if I give you a Bible, if I give you a cross, if I give you a little nativity set, if I give you something that looks like it come out of the Bible, then you're going to assume that I'm a religious person or that I go to church. That's going to show my spiritual status to you. So we look at the economic status. If I give you keys to the house, I'm rich. If I give you something that's biblical, that means I go to church or I believe in Jesus. So it's a status thing. A lot of people will give gifts because of status. A gift can also represent the value and importance that the one giving the gift has towards the one who is receiving the gift. How important is that person receiving the gift? You remember a couple weeks ago I asked you, or told you about the mousetrap. If y'all was to give me a mousetrap, and I'm sure somebody in this church will do it at some point, give me a mousetrap for Christmas, you're not, I, I would accept that and think you don't think much of me if you give me a mousetrap or you think my house is mouse-infested, one of the two. But you, to me, that doesn't set right to give something like that. It represents value. A gift represents the importance of that person in your life. You know, we try to be generous, try to be nice. I, I, looking at, at, at kids, and, or my parents especially, and they're like, all right, so we've got Cole this, Cody this, Abby this, Clayton this, Paisley this, and they're always trying to figure out with the grandkids, did we spend the equal amount? Do they have the exact same number of presents? They always try to make sure that it's always fair. They always want to make sure that it's always fair. It's important to them that it's fair. If you have a high value on a relationship of the one that you're giving that gift to, purchasing that gift for, it will usually show up in that gift. If you appreciate them, if you, if you just give somebody a $10, $10 Bojangles card, that doesn't say a lot. I mean, it's nice. Thank you for that. That'll buy you... Right now, I'll get you a drink and a thing of fries. That place has gone up on the prices. But if you give somebody something like that, a lot of times it doesn't, it doesn't mean as much as if you were to give somebody a $100 gift certificate to Applebee's or something like that. It's a status thing. You're trying to show that they're more important than the other, than the other people in your life. A gift can also be given to strengthen or restore a relationship. And this is, this is a big one right here especially this time of year, because there's so many broken and, and, and frail relationships in, in so many people's lives that this is a time for them to give this gift and to try to mend the bridge that's been broken. It's a time for them. Now, if you just come at me, if we're, if we're at, 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 at odds against each other and you come at me with a fruitcake, I'm pretty sure you ain't trying to make up. I think you're trying to rub salt and wound with a fruitcake. But if you come to me with something and you say, I, I am so sorry for whatever I said, whatever I've done, would you please accept this gift as a token of my apologies, as a token of my forgiveness towards you? Yes, absolutely. You don't have to give me a gift for that. You can just ask, and that would be just fine. But if you look over in Genesis 30, 32, 20, the Bible says, And say ye moreover, behold, thy servant Jacob is behind us, for he said, I will appease him with the present that goeth before me, and afterward I will see his face, peradventure he will accept of me. Jacob picked certain gifts to be given uh, to his brother to pacify his anger. So he picked gifts to kind of smooth things out. That's what he's doing. He's trying to, trying to keep the, the anger down as much as possible to keep him from blowing up. 
But what determines, here's a question I got for you, what determines if a gift is right or not? What determines if the gift is right or not? Now, we've, we've all probably spent a little bit of time the past few days opening up gifts. If not, you probably will, at least one. What is the right gift? Now, I'm sure at Preacher Bill's house, he opened up his stocking and you had colon sticks. Is that the right gift for Preacher Bill? Yeah. <laughs> Bill Jean's back there shaking her head, yeah. <laughs> Wait, y'all ride together? <laughs> Some say the gift is perfect by its value. Kind of see where I'm going with this now. By the value of the gift. And I'm not saying monetary value but don't you think about the value of the gift they feel like the more expensive the gift the better the chance of it being the right gift the more you spend the more it could be right but not necessarily others say the gift is perfect by the intention of the giver that's what i want you to remember by the intention of the giver they feel like it doesn't matter how much that gift costs it's the heart it's behind it the motive behind that gift what's the motive behind that purchase whether it's a lot or a little what's the motive behind the gift that was given and i've read i've got a little book i love to read and get these stories out of and i actually got three stories out of this book for today but one of the stories i read and it's it was about a little girl it said one time a man punished his three-year-old daughter for wasting a roll of gold wrapping paper which i have never seen money was tight and he became infuriated when the child tried to decorate a box to put under a Christmas tree. Nevertheless, the little girl brought the gift to her father the next morning and gave it to him. He was embarrassed by the earlier overreaction, overreaction, but his anger flared again when he found the box was empty. He yelled at her, telling her that there must be something in the box for it to be a gift. The little girl looked up at her dad and with tears in her eyes said, Oh, Daddy, it's not empty. I blew kisses into the box, all for you. It's the intention behind the gift. It's the intention. My grandma hangs on to everything. My grandma, there's, how many of us now, Abby? 18? There's 18 of us now? From the grandkids and the great-grandkids, I think there's 18 of us, 18, 19. We're getting pretty close to 20. There's a bunch of us. Now, I'm the first, so I'm the favorite. I'll just say that and I tell them all that my grandma still has things that I made her when I was little there's a Rudolph head hanging up that it was from a, a, a clothes hanger metal clothes hanger where we just stretched it out a little bit and it looks like a little diamond and took a pair of mom's pantyhose and stretched over it and we glued nose and some eyes on it and that was my Rudolph my grandma, and my hands were the antlers and my grandma still has that she wouldn't take a million dollars for that thing. It was the intention of the gift. I gave it to my grandma out of love. That's how it's supposed to be. We give those gifts out of love. Some people feel as long as the gift is given out of love, then that's the perfect gift for me. And that, that's me. That's, that's how I feel. If it is given as a gift to me out of love, yeah, give, gift that over <laughs> to Paisley. He's got the... Decorations. <laughs> yeah, he threw it at her out of love. As long as it's given to me out of love, not out of anger, out of haste, or anything else, but just out of love, it is perfect. I don't care what it is. If you used to come to me with a box full of rocks and say, I love you and I appreciate you, I'd take it and accept it because you gave it to me out of love. 
And lastly, some say a gift is perfect if it meets a certain need. They feel that even though the gift may not be expensive, as long as it meets a certain need, it's a, it's a perfect gift. So we, that, this time of year, we're always asking, what do you need or what do you want? Sometimes a gift, we think, is going to meet a perfect need. What good is it to have an expensive gift if, if you can't use it? If I was to give Conley the keys to this house and say, here's, here's a house for you, Conley could easily tell me, I don't need it. What good is an expensive house if you don't need it? What good if I was to give Preacher Bill my truck keys and say, here's your, your new truck? He might not need it. What good is a gift if you don't need it? Sometimes it feels wasteful. So, my other question this morning is this. How many of y'all know that Jesus is the perfect gift? Is the perfect gift. Not a truck, not a car, not any type of game system or not any type of toy that you could get or any type of clothes that you might have received. The Bible plainly tells us that he is the perfect gift. God has told us that he is the perfect gift. Not only did he have the greatest value, not only was he the gift given with the best motive from the Father, but Jesus met our greatest need. Our greatest need. Romans 8, 32 tells us, he said, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I love that. Give us freely. Not just give us, but freely give us all things. That's the perfect gift. This morning, first thing I want to look at, and again, this, this will be brief this morning. God gave us his best. God gave us his prized possession. God, had a lot of, God has a lot of things. God created all things. God created the heavens and the earth. We know that. We know that he created the beasts in the field and fish in the sea and, and the birds in the air. We know that he created that. He created us. Mankind, he created us. But do you know that Jesus Christ, his son, was his most prized possession, the most perfect thing ever? Not a drop of sin in him. Not a drop of sin. Perfect. And he gave that to us. God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. God gave us his best. Ain't that, ain't that what you'd expect from a loving father? To give you what is best, what is in your best interest, what is your need. We know our need is, was a savior. He gave us his prized possession so that we could be saved. And with that alone, we should never doubt God's love. If you just stop and just think for a moment, we talk about the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. We'll talk about that in a few more months. Easter rolls around, and we'll start talking about that a little bit more. But if you think about not just the sacrifice on the cross of Jesus, but if you start thinking about the sacrifice of God giving his only begotten son for him sending him down from heaven, that's sacrifice right there. Just coming down from heaven, ascending down from heaven in the form of man. That was a sacrifice in itself. He could have easily just stayed. God could have easily picked an animal, a lamb, a calf, something. He could have picked something else, but nothing was perfect enough. Nothing was blemishless enough. Nothing would satisfy him except his son. Only one thing, and that was his son. That was the most prized possession that he had, and he was willing to give it to us. So we should never doubt his love. 
It doesn't matter how we feel sometimes if, or what we've done or how we have made all these mistakes in our lives. God gave his son for us because he loves us. That is that perfect gift. Now, when we give things out of love, we give it out of brotherly love. We give it out of just love towards one another. We can't comprehend the type of love that God has for us to give his son for us. That's that agape love. He gives a big God-sized love. So in our minds, we can't comprehend because we couldn't do something like that. We couldn't have a God-sized love like that to give up something that we prize like that. Only God could give the perfect prize. Only God could give us the perfect sacrifice. Imagine that. God gave us the perfect gift, his son, so we could have a relationship with him. That's all he wants. And he, it's free will. He said, it's totally up to you. Here's my son. Take him or leave him. Here's my only begotten son, the most perfect human being to ever walk the face of the earth. He is of heaven. He is of me. He is the great I am. Here's Emmanuel. Here is the wonderful son of God. Here he is. You can have him if you want him or not. You can accept this gift or you can reject this gift, but it is up to you. If you want him, you can have him. If not, walk away. But just remember, you can come. You can have him at any time. Unless you reject him one too many times. We won't talk about that today. But here he is. Take him. He didn't give us his best so we could have a sense of failure. I, I don't feel like a failure. As a, as a human, yeah, I, I failed greatly. As a human being, as a father, as a husband, as an as a, as a uncle, as a son, as a pastor, you name it, yes, I have failed. I do feel like a failure. But when it comes to my relationship with Jesus, when it comes to having this walk in the life that I have right now, I am not a failure. I have succeeded. I have excelled because of the relationship that I have with my Jesus. I am not a failure. He didn't send his only begotten son to live on this earth for 33 and a half years and die for us for me to feel like a failure. He didn't send his only begotten son to be persecuted, ridiculed, scourged, stabbed, beaten, and all that stuff that he went through on that cross for us so that you could feel like a failure. He did not send his son for any of us to feel like we are failures. We are winners. We have won. As Christians, we have won. He gave us his best so we could know how much he loves us. Secondly, love was the motive for God to give us his son. I want y'all to do me a favor. I know you've got your Bibles, and I know you all can quote this from heart, but I don't want you to. I want you to open your Bibles. Everybody get your Bible or your phone. Go to John 3.16. And I, I don't want you to quote it from heart. I want you to look at it. John 3, 16. Don't need to tell you how to get there. It's after Luke. John 3, 16. There's a little word in there. It's a little four-letter word that I want you to, to look at. For God so loved the world that he gave that's it right there gave notice that god so loved the world that he gave now don't 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 close your bibles yet okay i want you to stay right there on that for he gave his only begotten that's a gift he gave 
When somebody gives you something, that's, that's a gift, that's a present. That's something that's given. That, right there, that gift right there was given out of love. Now, we need to understand that Jesus' life wasn't taken from him. That's what I want you to understand about this verse is it was not taken from him because he freely gave it up. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Look at that. How many of y'all have a red-letter Bible? Everybody's pretty much, everybody's got a red-letter Bible. Okay. Look at that. Look at that. Ah, of all the people, Preacher Bill. What color is that? What color is John 3.16? That's red. Jesus said that. Jesus said that right there. The gift of Jesus is for us. He, he has given this for each one of us. The love that he has given us, that was the motive. He's telling us that he loves us. It's red. Jesus said, I love you. My Father gave me for you. It's red. Jesus loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He gave you that perfect gift. I love that. I love that it's in there, that it is red. The thing about this is that it, just, it should just fill us with joy, a sense of joy knowing that Jesus said that. It's in John. John is quoting Jesus. Jesus said that. Not John himself, not Paul, not Timothy, not Peter, not any of them. Jesus Christ himself said that. That should give you joy this morning. Third and last thing, the gift of Jesus met our biggest need. You can close your Bibles if you want to. The gift of Jesus met our greatest need. For the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We had a need. We've all got needs. Some kind of need. We need, we need a breath to breathe so we can sustain life. We need water to drink so that we can sustain life. We need just a little something to eat. Preferably fried chicken. But we need a little something to eat so that we can sustain life. <laughs> we, we have little needs in our lives. And God knew that. God said, you need a Savior. You need a Savior. You need my son. God gave us the perfect gift to meet our biggest need. I read this last Christmas. I'm pretty sure it was last Christmas or two Christmases ago. But it's a little thing called Unfinished Business. It's by Charles Sale. Listen to this. If our greatest need had been information, God would have given us, or God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an, an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness, so God sent us a Savior. He, sent, he gave us, not just sent us, He gave us a Savior. How many thank God that he gave us the perfect gift? Amen. Amen. I thank God that he gave us the perfect gift. So many things he could have offered us. So many things he could have done for us. But what did he do? He gave us the perfect gift. Gave us his son. An awesome thing about, about our God is he didn't give us a list of do's and don'ts. 
He didn't just give you a list of things that you can do to get to heaven or you don't need to do to keep you out of heaven. Or, you, or if you do this, you ain't getting into heaven. No do's or don'ts. In order to save us, there are no do's or don'ts for salvation. He just sent his son. That, that was what we needed. I heard it said that, uh, and I, I read this the other day, that religion is a bunch of do's. It is said that religion is a bunch of do's or don'ts, but a relationship is built out of love. Remember, there's a difference between religion and relationship. Religion will send you to hell. Relationship is what gets you to heaven. So religion is a bunch of do's and don'ts. Relationship is all about love. And as a preacher said this, I really thought this was good. The difference between Christianity and every other faith in the world is that all other religions are about man trying to reach up to God. Christianity is about God reaching down to man. That just hit the nail on the head right there. And I'm going to finish with this right here. It's one of those little stories I was telling you about that I thought was really neat. And it really tied in. It's going to close this out for us. There's a preacher who wrote years ago about a gift that he gave his parents. And the gift that he gave his parents was a microwave oven. They finally upgraded. They had been old school for years, never had a microwave, so they was going to get into the to this new thing, I guess it was probably back in the 70s or 80s, but they were going to get into this thing of microwaving. And so the pastor sent his parents to microwave, and they unpacked the microwave, and they plugged it up, and they was reading the instructions about how to work the thing, and the thing just wouldn't work, and they tried for days and could not get the microwave to work. So one day, uh, the preacher's mother had some friends over, and they was doing, uh, I was going to say playing cards, but they was doing something, probably playing go fish. So they was probably doing something like that. And the, the mom got to fussing. She said, my son just bought us this brand-new microwave. She said, we've been messing with it for a couple of days, and we can't even get bowl water. She said, we just keep reading instructions. She said, I don't want better instructions. I just want the microwave to come with my son to tell us how to use it. I just want the microwave to come with my son to tell us how to use it. I just need my son to come along with that gift. That's how we're going to end. When God gave the gift of salvation, he didn't send complicated instructions for us to figure it out. He just sent his son. Can you imagine if what we believed in was difficult? Some people make it difficult. Some people make what we believe hard. But there's a thing called simple faith, and that's what we have. As Christians, we have simple faith. God didn't want to make this hard. God didn't want us to have to deal with a bunch of commandments and a bunch of uh, uh, Pharisees and everybody else telling us what to do. God said, you don't need to deal with all that stuff. Here's my son. Here's my son. Just take him. He'll give you all the instructions you need. Through the Holy Spirit, through my Son, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, here are your instructions. Go. Go be the church. Just go. Go make disciples. Go. Go to the other most parts of the world. Just go. My preacher Dave Ward says the first two words in God is go. That's what he's telling us to do. Just go. Go with the Holy Spirit. Go with what he tells you. Here's your instructions. Just go with him. He didn't send us a difficult pack of instructions he just sent his son
So I'm sure they probably thought I was going to forget this today, but I haven't. I actually saved this till the very end. But <laughs> come here, Abby. So last Sunday night, <clears throat> Abby received the most perfect gift that she could ever get. Didn't he? So last Sunday, Abby got saved. And we have, uh, we, we, I, I, I want to tell everybody, and she's old enough now where it's, it's her, it's, it's hers. She, I've told a lot of people, but, you know, I didn't make it, you know, Facebook official or anything like that. But I, I was so tickled, I'm going to knock it over, I know. I was so excited, and it's been rough. It's been a rough few months for all of us, I think. She's been under conviction for a while. I didn't know that's what it was. I just thought she was 16 and just being rebellious. But um, we know now. We know now what it was. And it's so funny that Sunday, we was, where was we at Sunday? Last Sunday. Nan and Pappy's. I told my mom, I said, after we get done here, me and Abby's going to have a come to Jesus meeting because I'd about had it with her. And she come rolling in that night, and she said, Daddy, I need to see you out in the office for a minute. And we didn't even make it past the back porch, and she told me what was going on. That wasn't the come-to-Jesus meeting I was planning on. This was a whole lot better. But uh, I, I'm so excited. And she had, y'all remember, she wasn't here last Sunday. She was at, at uh, Gideon's Church, preacher uh, Thomas Brown. And uh, and I, I'm so thankful for preacher Thomas. I love that man to death. I love his little, his sweet little wife. And uh, I'm just so thankful. I'm thankful now we are and, for now, we're a complete family, and at some point when meanness over there hits that age of accountability and he, he starts, James is going to ruin him if he stays back there, James much. Yep. But we're, we're whole now. We're a whole family, and I'm, I'm so excited. And, uh, that's that's kind of how I wanted to end. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to use Abby as an example of what happens through salvation. When she got saved, nobody handed you a book, did they? And said, here's what you got to do. When she got saved, it was, welcome to the family. The Holy Spirit's going to lead you. And that's what we need. We need to always remember that, that the Holy Spirit is going to be our guide through this life. Everybody stand with me just a moment. We're going to close out. Again, I appreciate everybody coming out today. I know I'm not, I will not say that it's an inconvenience whatsoever. I think this is an honor that the day that we have set aside to celebrate the birth of Jesus, that we can do that as a, as a group, as a church, as a body, as a, as a family. And, and I appreciate y'all coming out and, and taking time to, to uh, fight the weather as well. And did y'all work on the parking lot or did it just naturally thaw out? Okay, good. Thank God, thank God for sunshine. We should, we'll start singing Heavenly Sunshine. Uh, I, I appreciate that, that y'all taking care of everything. I guess everything, nothing froze up up here to my knowledge that's good we're gonna close out in prayer and uh i want y'all just to I, I abby's just getting over the stomach bug and i i probably don't want y'all coming around here loving on her but uh, y'all can wave from a distance if you want to <laughs> but i appreciate y'all coming out be careful going home and uh and, and come on back here next sunday tell everybody bring your friends all of them Bring your friends with you. Let's pray. Lord God, we just want to thank you again for this evening. We thank you for your son. God, we thank you for the gift of salvation. Lord, we thank you for Abby's, her, her decision that she made to accept you into her life as her Lord and Savior. Father, we just thank you for 
relieving her of the burdens for the doubt. Lord, for, I thank you for the conviction that you put on her heart. God, that she knew she was lost. She knew she needed a Savior. She needed help. And Father, we just thank you for allowing Preacher Thomas to bring the word, to, to, to bring her to her knees and to soften up her heart so that she'd accept you. And God, we thank you for that gift of salvation, but we get, thank you for that gift of your son, Jesus Christ. We can't thank you enough. And today, as we honor and we celebrate this birth, Father, I pray that we do just that. God, we get so caught up in worldly things and the gifts and, and all the things that come with Christmas that I pray today that we would stop what we're doing and we would reflect back over 2,000 years ago at what took place in that little manger with Mary and Joseph and with those animals for what those shepherds got to witness. And for the things that were spoken by the angels, Lord, I pray we not forget those sweet words and that sweet moment that was given to us through the gift of your son. God, I pray that you bless each one that's here today. Thank you for their, their time that they've given to be here today to worship and to honor. And I pray, God, you keep them safe as they return back home. And God, I pray that you continue to bless this church, help us grow, help us move forward. God, I, praise it. I pray that we give you all the praise, honor, and glory that takes place. All in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, go home and Merry Christmas. <laughs>